Hi, this is the West Noise. Hey, this is the West Noise. I've been away for a few weeks, but now all of my fans, you, you can stop stressing because I'm back. And what am I back with? You ask a shit quality episode. At some point during the conversation uh, with my guest, my microphone became unplugged. So only my laptop microphone captured it. And that means that it sounds like someone stuck a microphone in a potato and then dumped water over top of it while recording us talking. That being said, uh, I interviewed an incredibly cool guy today, Kyle O'Quinn, keyboardist of Portugal the Man, Grammy winning. Um, And the talk we had was great, and I'm thankful that it was captured at all, to be honest. So yeah, I'm sorry about the quality, and I appreciate you bearing with it. But as I say, it's about what's being said, not the quality of how it's being said. Huh? I might make that my slogan because I feel like I might slowly be getting worse somehow. One day an episode is just going to be silence for 35 minutes. God, but... I don't know. I guess it's not a big deal. I have a lot of time to improve, and nobody's really listening anyways. So, maybe one day when I'm incredibly famous, they'll look back and laugh at how cute I was with my shitty equipment that I didn't pay a lot of money for. Anyways, yeah, uh, we'll call this my lo-fi episode to make it make it okay and thanks again for checking it out so yeah here's my conversation with kyle o'quinn the book um a wild sheep chase is that a thing yeah yeah i've definitely heard of that i think i learned about that in school a while back actually it's amazing i think it was in 1982 he, he like um it was super weird because which makes sense now because it's really poetic style he just has a he's got that thing about him that i don't find i find it an artist i like and you know all kinds of musicians and stuff, but mm. he's got this just dope style that's just so his own. And I guess I, I read a thing. He wrote his first chapter ever in Japanese, and then he trans- 
transferred it. He didn't like how it read, so he put it back. He transferred it into English and then transferred that English back into Japanese. <laughs> so it kind of became, it kind of like simplified it. It's just, it's very little. I get a nice flavor. It cuts out all the, the trash. So he didn't quite have vocabulary. Did he do that with like the most of his work? Or was it just well, that? Kind of the style. I don't know if he writes it, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Through all of his work. But, uh, I find it, I, I told you I could relate that kind of thing to music. Um, like we do, I like recording on like tape machines and stuff recently just because it kind of like changes your process to simplify. Yeah, you know, sure. like, we're kind of out of time right, we're out of time right now where it feels like everybody can do anything. Everybody's got a, a laptop and <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> no, and if you go back to, you know, the Beatles, you know, using like a couple A tracks. Right. You have to be like super creative within like your whole process, you know? So like kind of change, you have to think about your song before you do it, and how you, you know, play right. ads that are just so you can erase things. And I think totally that process totally affects the record. Makes you be more creative. For sure, for sure. Yeah, like you can just get an app on your phone now and <laughs> plug a mic into it or get out, there's like a little rig that you can plug in an instrument and Make a song on your phone in like ten minutes. Just takes like nothing kind of, anymore. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a saturation of the market. I mean, everybody now just like it's hard to like find out who's doing things more seriously because it just feels like there's so much. I know. To just dive into like just like a rabbit hole. Just like that's why I just find a couple guys I like, and when I like them, I just I read other books. Or I kind of just <laughs> absorb a couple people when I feel like I actually take in something. You know? Yeah. Like, What do you what do you listen to usually? Do you have like a basis, or do you just kind of go from artist to artist? And like, do you focus on like tried and trues, or do you try to like find new stuff constantly? Um, I probably more more of just like back to the things I love. Mm-hmm. I just love to drive back to the Elliot Smith Beatles the rest of my life and totally be content. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, that's like you know twenty twenty good. <laughs> but uh, but I also you know I listen to I guess I don't Yeah, I don't know for a while. Or, you know, I'm just like, I just want to see this. There's a, there's a Glenn Gould, a 
I really like it. Like, wow. He's like, I hate people that watch TV, but I'm one of them. Like, I totally, <laughs> I mean, I do all that. You know, it's hard, man. It's a crazy world. It's so many distractions. It's like, it's really hard to sit down and read your phone, but then, it's, you know, I know. It takes me so long to read a book now, and it's like it's just so much easier to watch TV, <laughs> and it it bums me out because I I get like a much richer experience from reading a book. I don't know, like I just feel more connected oh, yeah. to it because it's just physically there. Whereas if you just watch a TV show, it's like okay, and then you just on to the next thing. It's just so hard to read a book. Like I just I just finished a book for the first time in like I don't know four months or something. It's just so hard for me to read. What was it? Uh, the World According to Garp. If you're familiar with that. What, what is that? Fiction? Yeah, it's fiction. I usually read fiction. Believe it or not. I usually read fiction or, like, non-fiction with music. So. I like to rotate my books. Like, I'll yeah. like fiction, non-fiction. Like, I usually something about, like, a classical composer or something, and then, like, a, like, a sociology book, something like that. I always go here. I actually just finished Slaughterhouse Five like a couple weeks ago, and then um, Slaughterhouse Five by Vonnegut, and then um, Vonnegut has this short story. What is it called? It's I'm I'm completely blanking, but he has this really short story about this like eight foot tall man. Does that ring a bell? I'm trying to think of what it is. But yeah, um, I read Infinite Jest like when I was too young to totally get it. So I, <laughs> I, I think I need to go back <laughs> and do that again. I, I get to read it. And it's little, I read everything else you wrote, and I, like, I usually like, don't have to think, but I'm going to pull somebody's like, you know, right. I pull my book off the counter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huge. You know, Murakami, I saw one, I saw one, two, eight, four. I was like, oh, I heard a good book, and I was like. <laughs> 
of the music on this book. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has a impeccable taste. Like anytime he talks about, he used to run jazz clubs before he was an author or an album. So he, anytime he was a jazz teacher or a classical piece, he knows exactly what, what, you know, rendition he's talking about. That's cool. I don't, I don't feel like I usually he see that. Like, I feel like it's usually more yeah, vague in books. He made even least, I guess, play a list online with like 3,000 songs you can get. He also makes people have collected ones throughout his book. Like, it'll make people kind of do the same. He makes people like, go to Japan, listening to like talking heads and stuff like that. Oh like, shit, that's characters. so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's really, 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 really. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get into that. But yeah. necessarily watch a movie like you can read a book in a car you can read it like if you're waiting in a waiting somewhere i don't know it's just different like it feels like a friend's just coming with you like telling you a story slowly as like you're available and i think that's why it's so much more intimate yeah do you uh collect records what is that do you collect records like the most cliche thing but the Beatles are my favorite band ever just hands down and so like I've only bought like a handful of their records because I don't know I don't necessarily know because I have I have like well over a hundred myself so I consider myself like collecting pretty consistently even though it's expensive but like I don't know when to strike for Beatles records like I don't know if I should like wait and get like the big mono box set or if I should get the stereo box set or if I should just buy them as they come along I, I don't even know but Sgt. Pepper's was my first record, so. Dude, I went, I went to this weird, um, this guy has like a record 
shop where he just sells his old stuff. He's only open on like Saturdays and Sundays. And it's in this place called Frankenmuth in Michigan. And um he had this bootleg Russian pressing of the White Album that he brought with him. And he said like there was like a couple of them in this weird store that he went to because he used to just travel all the world and that's what he did is he just bought records. And he sold it to me for like twenty bucks. So I have like this strange like it's it's printed in Russian and it's got these like weird photos of them on the inside, but it's it's super, super cool. Is it the ones where, like, Paul McCartney, like, Paul McCartney's down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those are, like, those are, like, those are the awesome headshots that came from the original. Yeah. Super, super classic. Oh, yeah, I, I, I love those. And you know, they're my favorite band, too. They're just the best. It just... Like, they were always changing. They're just not... I like them. Always not like this. I, I know. It doesn't matter if it was, like, early Beatles to, like, Dolly Fields, like, any of it just sound like the Beatles, they always redefine themselves. A lot of things that sound, you know, lame and normal now, like, maybe, uh, you know, I don't even really like old rock music, like, I mean, I know it's great, I wouldn't have the stuff I have, but I didn't have it, like, I don't ever really play most or anything, it just sounds like very strange to me. So right. That was perfect, in a way, I, it's almost too perfect for me, but, at the time, it was weird, you know? Yeah, like, I was like, wait, what is this? But I kind of had, like, contact. I know, it was inspired by the things I like, or was this what? I know, it just, it gets so muddled. I always feel like I can hear the Beatles in, like, anything. Like, any... I just feel like I can hear the Beatles in most things. Like, I can trace back in some way like, what they did having some sort of impact. And it's just it's just crazy to consider the amount of influence that they actually had. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there would never be another like that. I mean, the thing that separates them, because they got to listen to the Rolling Stones that much. People always are, like, a Stones to Beatles person. But, right. You know, I really like writing songs and connecting with somebody, like, um, playing a classical piece or reading a book and connecting with this person. So, like, a fan like the Beatles, like, we're listening to, like, connect with George or Paul or John, um, even, you know, what, whatever he's adding to the song. Because I can know that it's one guy's song, once you get familiar with somebody, like, a certain classical composer starts becoming easier to digest more other stuff, same with books, too, once you kind of get an author's style. Yeah, for sure. To dive into. So, like, the fans, like, Rolling Stones and stuff, like, it's like this performance composition in a way where I can hear that. It was like a guitar player, like, hey, check it out, I got this riff, and then, you know, somebody like Robert Plant or Mick Jagger, is like, oh, let me sing something over that, it's this collaborative. Right, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. As opposed to somebody bringing it on their own, and then being like, hey. <laughs> but in that way, that I just had it a bit differently. Yeah. Connect with anyone, so I can connect with, like, one person that I can Do you have a fave Beatle? Oh, I think John's coolest. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I play piano and I really connect with Paul, but you know, it's hard to like listen to Hello Goodbye and <laughs> say with any confidence that he was coolest. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think George's songs on Abbey Road are some of the best. George was just a, George was such a sweet soul. And they were the best. They were the best songs they had. It wasn't for, you know, stuff he added, just, um, right. you know, crap 
short story is called Harrison Bergeron. That just came to me. It's a, it's what is it called? Harrison Bergeron. It's by Kurt Vonnegut. Okay. And it's set in like 2070 or 2080 or something. And it's like a couple of pages. But it's just this bizarre like future world where like everybody is supposed to be equal. So like people who may be like more prone to being athletic or whatever it may be, have, like, weights that they have to wear on them, like, lead balls that they have to carry around on them, or, like, ballerinas, like, people who are really good dancers have to have chains on them and things like that. And so, like, basically the goal is that everybody's equal, but obviously not. (laughs) And then there's just this freak of nature. I I thought that was... I could have sworn I I read that one of the... one of the books. I mean, I'm sure he has a lot of the same themes. I can't, I can't think which one it was. I went on a little while ago. Yeah, it was exactly that. I, I, yeah, I read... Yeah, I read... Yeah, I read... Yeah. 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 No, no, no. That looks incredible, actually, though. That's not it. See, that's so long ago. That's why I love him. He's the funniest. He's the coolest. He's, he was so... You know, I went back and read some of his books. Recently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, what is that? Thank you, but I was like, his books are satire and stuff. They don't really register with you when you read it when you're yeah. 16 years old. Right. Like all the stuff just about religion and just like, <laughs> you think of it as like, it seems like you can read it as a teenager, but you don't actually understand it. So like, that is easy read now. But that is so much more fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm in college, so like, I'm getting slammed with just tons of philosophy books and that that's kind of hard to to go through like just reading it in like quick short bursts and like reading a lot of Kierkegaard and a lot of like um a lot of Nietzsche like lots of it and it's just it's interesting um to have like to have those books and then like you said go back and read like fiction or read something that's not so like academic because you can like definitely yeah. feel the hints of it throughout, and it's just really interesting to have that perspective because like a book can be completely different if you read it five years down the road than when you first read it. Which oh, is totally. did that, yeah, for sure, and that just kind of reinforces the point of like movies and TV shows not necessarily being the same. Where like a, a movie might not differ as much down the road, you know what I mean? Like if you watch it again as opposed to if you read a book again, so. Right. But this, 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 this,
brain that way it just like still watches and like fresh. So like um I read that Brady as well last year. Yeah. And it was written in the thirties and then leaves like it kind of in the like Yeah, it blows my mind. I read that last year too, actually. And it's just like that that I've always noticed that in books is that like it feels like it was written for right now. Or like nineteen eighty four, it's like Jesus, what? <laughs> like, how was that yeah, written? Yeah, I read that after, so that was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just kind of special, but it's just a thing that's going to be the best of the people that they have, you know? Yeah. You just put it on, no matter how it just sounds bad. Sounds awesome. I watched um, Psycho a couple of days ago, and that had the same effect where, like, just the scenes with the killing, with the blood, it was just so, like, not, <laughs> like, just by our standards, just not good at all, but, like you said, like, it's still almost perfect, it has, like, a 97, I think, but. Oh, yeah, there's, there's something to do that are so, they're so bad, they're good. Some things are just so bad, they're bad. <laughs> Some are just, like, super enjoyable, you know? Yeah. I think certain, I think <laughs> So, I have a question. Oh, no problem, no problem. I'll ask one question, then you can head out then. Um, can you listen to music while you read? I do. I, I, um, you, you can, but you don't want to have a player football. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, known a lot, I've asked a lot of people that question, because some people say they can't touch it at all, but I've always preferred to have that, because it like makes a greater connection with the book for me. So I was curious, curious your take on that. Um, instrumental music is actually proven to help you to help more than anything that's got lyrics in it. Um, just because somebody else is talking, you just mm-hmm. have to pay attention to it, whether you, whether you know it or not. Right. But um, I usually listen like a orchestral, something like a Samuel Barber or Dodgy Upper Strange or something like that. It's cool. I feel that.